Introducing the new way to play Daily Fantasy with Jack Market. Jack Market is where Daily Fantasy Sports becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players with other users in real time. You can make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game. Daily contests are live for NBA and PGA and NFL contests get going in week one. Take control of your fantasy sports experience and download Jack Market now in the App Store. Android coming soon. Leonard Fournette lands in Tampa and another Alvin Kamara update on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Fantasy Football in 15 for Thursday, September 3rd. I am Michael Beller. Derek Van Riper joining me on the microphones and DVR. I know I say this pretty much every day now, but I can't help myself because we are now one week away from the start of the NFL season. When you and I reconvene on this show one week from now, we will be just about 12 hours away from kickoff of the 2020 season. Kansas City Chiefs, Houston Texans to start this season. NFL campaign off. It really, really is here. DVR, how you doing today? Doing really well. It doesn't feel like football season yet. It's hard to believe that it's only one week away, but I'm excited to have it. Looking forward to getting my last drafts in and looking forward to just seeing games, even if it is a different year, as we've seen with the other sports that have resumed in the pandemic. Things will be different this year, but I think we can embrace the differences and enjoy some of the fun things that are going to make this season so unique. I think that's definitely true. I think we've seen that be proven true in Major League Baseball, in the NBA, in the NHL. And one of the changes that maybe we're going to embrace is Leonard Fournette on a different team in the state of Florida. Just a couple of days ago, the Jaguars surprised us all by releasing Leonard Fournette. We said at the time, probably not going to take him too much time to catch on with a new team. And it certainly did not. Leonard Fournette and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers making news late on Wednesday night that they had agreed to a deal. So now we've got Leonard Fournette in Tampa. This had routinely been, really going back the last couple of years, one of the biggest headache backfields in the NFL. Uh, and we, we, we saw a fertile ground for an offense and for a running back, but no one was ever really able to break through and make himself into a consistent fantasy ep- weapon. Got to think that that at least has the best chance of being turned around now that Leonard Fournette is in Tampa. Yeah, I mean, I think this craters the value of Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn. I think Vaughn's basically undraftable. Jones is probably a late-round flyer, just as more of the, if Leonard Fournette gets hurt, he's probably the favorite to take over the bulk of the touches in the backfield, since it looked like he was going to be the guy before Leonard Fournette signed. Now, I think the question here has to be, in a situation where he's wanted in Tampa Bay and in a better offense than he was going to play in in Jacksonville, is Leonard Fournette's pre-release ADP actually too low? Should he go earlier than he was than when he was with the Jags? That's the question I have for you. Well, let's take a look at it. So uh, we've got uh, NFFC ADP data. This is since August 14th, and he's at RB22. And you know, obviously, some of these drafts took place in between the time that he was released by Jacksonville and signed by Tampa, but probably not enough to really move the needle all that significantly. So we have to assume he was living in that group. In fact, we know he was because we've been on this for the last few months. He was in the group with Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley. Those are the running backs who he's been rubbing elbows with, you know, really 
all summer long. I think I take him over all those guys. I think we're now talking about a group with, with maybe James Conner. I probably take him over Jonathan Taylor too. I don't think I can go another full group up because that next tier of running backs up, uh, and this is NFFC ADP data that we're talking about here, but basically the same no matter where you're getting your ADP data. Not exactly, but you know, little shades of gray different. We got Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. That's that next tier up. I can't quite put Leonard Fournette there because I still feel as though he's not going to be a huge part of this team's passing game. I still feel as though uh, even he was a volume guy in Jacksonville. And he did have some big breakaway runs, but he was a volume guy for that team. He got plenty of volume. That was totally unquestioned. And even though he is comfortably the number one running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now, or at least we can relatively comfortably assume that, this is still going to be a pass-first, pass-often sort of offense with Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard. This is still a team that is going to want to throw the ball, that is going to want to be built on its passing game. And Leonard Fournette's ability as a runner, I think, enhances this what this team can do through the air. So he is definitely in a better spot, but I'm still thinking of him more in that high-end to mid-tier RB2 rather than bumping him up into the low-end RB1 group. Yeah, I mean, I think efficiency is something that you have to be concerned about with Fournette. 4.3 yards per carry last season was the best of his three-year career. I don't know if he can really bring that up any higher, even with more weapons around him. But I think he could score a lot more. That's the big difference here. I mean, sure. three touchdowns last year, six in eight games in 2018, and 10 in 13 games as a rookie back in 2017. So He's always been a bit light in that department, and now he might actually be one of those guys who's very TD-dependent some weeks when the volume goes down. So I think overall, I do like him a bit better. I think putting him close to where James Conner goes makes a lot of sense. I'm curious to see how the market reacts, though, if they'll say, you know what, we want this Tampa Bay offense. We liked Leonard Fournette coming into the league, and now he's in the best situation that he's been in at any point in the last four years. Because I think you could make that argument. So you're still with me, though, that you're not taking him over Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, anyone like that? Yeah, I'm not, not bumping him into that group. I think there are some players in that group who I'm avoiding. So I guess you could say in my rankings, maybe Fournette is ranked higher than Austin Eckler. But they're close enough where if Eckler fell, I would have a tough decision to make. Mm-hmm. I just don't expect Eckler to fall almost right, a full right. round, right? I expect him to be there at the end of round two when he's often going at the one-two turn. Right, even though you technically like Eckler more, you're more likely to end up with Fournette because we still expect him to be, you know, more in that pick, like late second, early third round range, rather than Eckler, who's more in that late first, early second round range. But either way, a huge difference for Leonard Fournette against a few days ago. This guy was released by one of the worst teams, if not the very worst team in the NFL, and now he goes to a talent-rich Tampa Bay team where he could be in line for the best year of his career. Quite the turnaround for Leonard Fournette. Another running back that we got to talk about here, we seem to be talking about him every single day, DVR, is Alvin Kamara. We've got an update uh, yet again on Alvin Kamara. This one, however, a good update. Uh, Seems like cooler heads are prevailing in New Orleans. Alvin Kamara not only uh, says that he is uh, still negotiating with the team, and the team says the same thing. They're negotiating and working toward getting a long-term deal in place. Uh, Apparently, uh, they're progressing. He returned to practice and was on the practice field 
On Wednesday, the Saints tweeted out a couple of pictures of Leonard Fournette practicing with some lightning bolt emojis. So it does seem like everything is settled down here and that Alvin Kamara, maybe not you know, today, maybe not tomorrow, is going to have a deal in place and is going to be out there with the New Orleans Saints for his fantasy owners in week one. Yeah, it's great to see things kind of progressing the way we had expected earlier in the week. And these are two sides that need each other. As I've been saying day after day, I think this is a good fit. They use Kamara in an optimal sort of way. I think they maximize his per touch value. I think being in this offense, having him on the field with Michael Thomas creates mismatches elsewhere. It makes some lackluster depth options in the past look a lot better. I think Emmanuel Sanders is really interesting because of just how good uh, that how good uh, Thomas and Kamara are, right? Like that, that's what leaves Emmanuel Sanders with all these favorable matchups. So. Whereas a couple days ago, I said if you were concerned about the situation, you could pretty easily justify bumping Thomas or Delvin Cook ahead of Elvin Kamara on your cheat sheet. I don't think you have to do that going into the weekend. That bodes very well. I think he's firmly a top five player for me at this point. Yeah, he's a top five guy for me. I still have Delvin Cook ahead of him. I had Delvin Cook ahead of him before this. Delvin Cook would be my number four guy behind McCaffrey, Saquon, and Zeke. Then I'm going Delvin Cook. Uh, Before this good news came out, I would have taken Michael Thomas ahead of Alvin Kamara. Now I've just slid Kamara back in front of Thomas, but I do think those two teammates should be going back-to-back in the five and six spots. So definitely good news on Alvin Kamara. We are very happy to see this from a fantasy perspective. And hey, from a real-life perspective, unless maybe you're a fan of one of those NFC South teams, it is good to see Alvin Kamara sticking in New Orleans most likely and uh, getting it to be a part of this great offense and this Super Bowl contender yet again. DVR, as we're talking about, fantasy draft season is here. It is here. It is uh, upon us. We are talking about it. We are having fun with it. We are having drafts. I had a draft yesterday. I had one on Monday. I have one coming up this Saturday. It really is fantasy draft season. And our partners at Manscaped, well, they've done what partners do. They've partnered with us to make sure that we don't gamble, you don't gamble on shaving the same way that we like to gamble on football. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of the ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code THEATHLETIC20. DVR, we're going to get on to a Chicago Bears receiver. We're going to do that right after this. All right, DVR, one more big story to hit on here, and it is with your favorite team to talk about, the Chicago Bears. Anthony Miller shining, apparently, in training camp. Matt Nagy uh, coming out on Wednesday and saying that Anthony Miller has been the Bears' best player in training camp. Now, his ADP is very surprising to me. You're not going to find every single person in the fantasy community loving Anthony Miller, but I don't know if you found anyone who is totally fading him. It seems like at the very least, everyone is happy to take him at his wide receiver 53 ADP. And then you have plenty of people, our colleague Jake Seeley being among them, who think that he is going to significantly outperform that. So I'm surprised that he is still down at wide receiver 53 from drafts beginning on August 14th through the present day. I would have guessed that he would have been you know, up closer to 40 then down in the mid-50s. It is surprising to see him down there. We know what he did uh, in the back third of last season, starting to emerge, getting over the shoulder issues, getting healthy, and doing it with pretty poor quarterback play. We really can't expect it to be any worse 
for him, for Allen Robinson this season. And Anthony Miller really delivered these positive training camp reports. You can say they're coach speak. You can say whatever you want. But we saw it from him on the field last year. I'm all in on Anthony Miller at wide receiver 53. Yeah, I just think what we saw in the second half of last season, just over 10 targets per game between week 11 and week 15, I think that was a sign of things to come. I think this is a skinny tree, as we've said many times before. Allen Robinson's the clear-cut number one. I'm not convinced that Jimmy Graham helps them much at tight end. I think Miller's obviously the number two weapon in this passing game, and he's finally healthy. He's had some shoulder issues throughout his time in the league, but he's about as healthy as he's ever been entering a season at this point. Year three, a lot of times, is the year that receivers do take off, just having more experience in the system. And I think this is a Bears offense that, because of of past regimes, people have this perception that they – are run heavy, and they're actually very balanced. They actually attempted more passes last season than the Chiefs. The Chiefs, of course, were a lot more efficient throwing the ball, so sure. there's that. But um, we've talked about the possibility that Mitch Trubisky gets a little bit better. That could happen, or Nick Foles could take over, and he could be a slight upgrade over the quarterback play that the Bears got from Trubisky a year ago. So it's possible that efficiency ticks up just slightly, and that makes the entire offense a bit better, but Miller himself is dangerous after the catch. He can be a high-volume player. I'm right there with you. I think he should be at least a top 40 receiver. He's probably two full rounds under-drafted right now, and I'd like it even more in full PPR formats because I think he's going to be a five-catch-per-game guy in this offense. Yeah, you look at the wide receivers behind him and Allen Robinson, you look at the tight end depth chart, which is uh, the epitome of quantity over quality, and I just don't see anything that stands in the way of 150 targets for Allen Robinson and 115 at least for Anthony Miller. I think those guys are both going to be consistent fantasy starters. We know that with Allen Robinson, but I think we're going to be looking at Anthony Miller as at least wide receiver three material this season. We got one more thing to hit on here, DVR, something really quick, a little bit of news coming out of New England. First, Mohamed Sanu released by the Patriots. This coming as a little bit of a surprise because it's not like they are overflowing with wide receiver options on that team, but they still let the veteran Sanu go. Is there anyone who's not named Julian Edelman in this passing game that interests you? Not really, and I think this is a team that even Edelman himself might not be quite the same with Cam Newton mm-hmm. that he was with mm-hmm. Tom Brady. I think there was a pretty strong rapport there with those two guys, and you wonder like how quickly does he develop that with Newton. Uh, maybe in full PPR leagues I'll have Edelman somewhere, but more likely than not, Cam Newton is the only Patriot I'll be drafting, and I'll be looking at this team to kind of see what they do in the early weeks, maybe using a lot of fab to try and figure out this receiving core Uh, Maybe in a deeper league, you could throw a dart at Nikhil Harry, but I don't really see clear-cut sleepers that I want to invest in on draft day. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. The running back position's a mess, too. Could be a mega timeshare where three different backs are involved on a week-to-week basis, so that's pretty bad as well. And I think you know Sanu being released, if you look at how much he struggled to produce after that trade last year, I think it's the Patriots accepting the fact that he's a sunk cost, right? Yeah, they gave up that second-round draft pick to get him, but if he's not a good fit, move on, let some of the younger guys play. The problem is I don't know if there's a younger guy that steps up right away to be a steady fantasy option behind Edelman. 
It's a team that doesn't have a ton of athleticism or speed outside. It is a total mess in the backfield with Sony Michelle and Lamar Miller and Damian Harris and James White, of course, having his role. It's just not an offense that I am very interested in investing in from a fantasy perspective. And for me, we've had our difference of opinion on this already. For me, that goes for Cam Newton as well. And that's where we're going to leave this episode of the uh, of fantasy football in 15 here at The Athletic. We have plenty of football shows for you, including our new athletic football show, aptly named, hosted by Robert Mays, nearing the end of its first week. Robert's going to have just a rotating cast of our great NFL staff joining him every single week through the end of the football season. And we fantasy guys will be taking over the feed every single Friday, too. That starts this Friday, September 4th. So go ahead. You can subscribe to it on any of your favorite podcast providers the athletic football show Uh, for Derek Van Riper I am Michael Beller fantasy football in 15 we'll be back with you tomorrow until then thanks for listening and happy drafting